the last days have been the last days started uh, when uh, when Jesus went up into the air. Uh, we don't know how long the last days will last, but I believe we're in the last days. Uh, but more than just being concerned about, hey, when's it going to happen? I just know it's going to happen, and that He's coming back one day, and and that gives me hope. Our series that we start uh, is called Hope for the Last Days. So we're going to have a, a good time in this series and just help us get ready, keep our eyes looking toward the Lord. But before we get started with that, let's stand together and thank God for this Sunday of this new year. Let's start this year off right. You're in the right place, starting off good in church on the first Sunday. Thank God for it today. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you in this house right now. We praise you in this sanctuary. Oh, thank you, Lord. But here we stand, Lord, at the entrance of another year. And Lord, as long as you tarry, let us find ourselves, Lord, when it's time in the house of the Lord, seeking your face. Thank you for opening these doors. Thank you for making a way for us to be here, Lord. Thank you for that mercy and grace that's new every morning. We praise you for it. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing. You can just be seated as we get started today. Hope for the last days. And today's uh, title is or focus is in like manner. And we can have hope. Man, if there's anything that ought to give us hope. Uh, we can have hope because Jesus is coming back. He is returning for his people. Acts chapter 1 verses 9 through 11 says, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. Talking about Jesus. And a cloud received him out of their sight. While they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand ye? Gazing up into heaven, this same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Paul wrote to the church, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 18, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, most of our lessons that we, uh, that we go through our series deal with stories from Scripture, things that have happened in Scripture and... and uh, we can kind of uh, get an idea, a narrative of, of what's going on in, the, in the, the story of a certain character, maybe like we did with Mary in our last series, um, and try to understand maybe what they were thinking, what they were feeling. But the thing about this is there's really no scripture or story to tell because no one has been raptured. It's hard to talk about uh, or give an idea of what it's like to be raptured because uh, you and I don't know anybody that's already been in the rapture. It hadn't happened yet. The church has not been called away. There have been events in Scripture that are very similar to uh, the rapture of the church, and we could look at that, and you could uh, go at the very, in the very first book of the Scripture and find uh, Enoch. The Bible talks about Enoch, how that uh, he was here, but then he was not, for God took him. Enoch was Methuselah's father, but Enoch would never know, I guess, that his son would be the oldest living man uh, to ever live. 
Methuselah lived to be 969 years old, and then he died. He didn't get taken away, but his, his father did. And so he lived 604 years longer than Enoch was on this earth. I wonder how many years he looked for his dad. You know, it doesn't talk to us the way you would have to really speculate, but it doesn't really give us a clear picture uh, that anybody knew that Enoch was going to be gone. He had a kid. He had a wife. He had friends and family. And one day while he was walking, he was gone. It doesn't tell us that he was expecting it. It doesn't tell us that, that God had let him know about it, just he had never seen anybody. He had never heard anything like that. There's no record of it ever happening prior to Enoch. One day Enoch is walking with God, and then he's not because God translated him. God took him. And the Scripture says that the reason that God took him was because of his faith. He had such a faith in God, and it pleased God, and God took him from this planet. I don't know why. It doesn't say why. It just says he lived a life that was so pleasing to God that when it was time, he took him. Well, if there's a lesson I can learn from that is that I don't want to live my life in such a way that's when it's time, God's going to take me. I want to make sure that I am ready to be with him. I want it to be a translation with him. I want to open my eyes. If I close them on this earth, I want to open my eyes and see the Lord. Or if I'm... Uh, here and I hear that trumpet, I want to make sure my feet are not on the ground. I want to go. We could also look at uh, Elijah, how that uh, he was uh, taken up with a, a chariot of fire and horses and uh, him and Elisha were just walking one day and uh, he knew that God was going to get him. He expected it. He did, maybe didn't know exactly when it was going to happen, but he knew it was going to be that day. And so Elisha followed him, and then here comes this chariot of fire and horses and parts him, and Elijah's taken away, and Elisha never sees Elijah again. Uh, with both of these, it, you could maybe speculate that they were, well, we know one was looked for. It says Enoch was not found, so that insinuates that somebody went looking for him. The prophets, the sons of the prophets came to Elisha and said, let us go look for Elijah. Maybe he's on a mountain or in a valley somewhere. Let's go. He said, don't worry about it, quit. But they kept pressing him. He said, fine, go look. Uh, when they came back three days later, they said, we didn't find him. He said, I told you not to even go. I told you it wouldn't, uh, he wasn't going to be there. God took him. He didn't take him up to the sky to drop him off on a mountain somewhere. He took him. And so there are things in the scripture about people being taken up and also we know that Jesus was taken up also one day there's another event happening and it's going to be on a much grander scale it won't just be uh, one man or, or, or one prophet it's going to be the church Jesus is going to come and get his church there will be a, a sound that he's coming with clouds there's a lot of scripture we'll cover here in just a minute but one day the church is going to leave the ground if it happened before, if these men were caught up into heaven, taken by God, you can rest assured it's going to happen again. It's going to happen when Jesus comes back to get the church. I want to make sure that I am living my life in such a way that I'm not, you know, I'm not looking up into the sky just trying to pinpoint exactly. I, got, I can't do nothing else because I just got to keep looking at the sky. 
Jesus didn't want us just walking around looking at the sky. He wanted us to do the work that he left here on earth for us to do. If we will just focus on doing what he called us to do, let me tell you, you'll be ready. You'll know when to look up. You'll know when to lift your eyes to the sky because you'll be prepared. You'll have lived your life in such a way that you won't miss it. You're going to see it happen. Jesus has promised that he's going to return. That gives me hope in this day. This world will not get better. The scripture says that in the last days that evil men and seducers will wax worse. In Matthew 24, he talked about wars and rumors of wars and the things that were coming and that because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. This world is not going to get better. That does not mean it won't see revival. That does not mean that souls will not be saved and that miracles and signs and wonders will not still happen. But the world is going to continue on the slide that it's on. It's headed downhill. But this gives me hope because Jesus is coming back. And I won't have to deal with ungodly things when Jesus comes back. I won't have to worry about wars and rumors of wars. I won't have to worry about murders and killing. I don't have to worry about my kids going off and somebody might kidnap them or take them or kill them or hurt them. I won't have to worry about that. I won't have to worry about leaving loved ones behind or losing loved ones. I won't worry about heartache and pain or tears anymore. No more bills, no more mortgage. <laughs> Old song said it's already paid for. Let me tell you, it gives me hope knowing that Jesus is coming back someday. The angel said in like manner, if he left, he's coming back. Jesus promised he would come back. After he rose from the dead, he led his disciples, it says, in Luke 24, 50 and 51, he took them out as far as Bethany, lifted up his hands, he blessed them, and then it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And then Luke reiterated this in his second treatise to Theophilus in uh, Acts chapter 1, the first two verses. He said, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. For 40 days after his resurrection, Jesus gave commandments to his apostles, spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and commanded them to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. He said they would receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon them, and they would be witnesses unto him, beginning in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus is coming back. And this was something that when uh, the apostles and the disciples, those that followed Jesus, uh, even though he was not there, they were looking for his return. I believe the first century church probably looked for it more than we do because they didn't know the day of the hour, but it was so fresh. They had seen Jesus crucified and buried, and three days later he was back. So they, they knew uh, how he worked. Hey, he, he's going to come back when we don't expect it. They would be sitting in a room and he would just show up. Peace be unto you. So they, they were always looking for Jesus to come back. And so since they lived like that, they had no idea when he might pop back in the room and say, peace be unto you. So they were making sure that they were busy about the work of the kingdom. They were preaching and teaching and reaching people, baptizing people, people being filled with the Holy Ghost, demons cast out, bodies healed. Man, let me tell you, cities turned upside down. They were busy about the Father's business because they knew that Jesus was going to come back. He had told them, if you go and tarry, you're going to be in due the power. That happened. 
But they, I'm sure they remembered the words of those angels. Why are you standing here? Why are you just standing around looking up? He's coming back. Get busy about what he said to do. And I believe that's why in almost every letter and every uh, letter to the church in the New Testament, you will read somewhere a reference about the Lord returning for his people. They knew that it was part of it. We cannot live this life today like he's not coming back. And that ought to shake you down to your soul. It ought to shake you right out of your boots that, hey, guess what? He really is coming back one day. And that shouldn't scare you, but it ought to make you excited. It ought to make you uh, have that, I'm going to prepare. i got to get ready. You know, today if we know that somebody called up, one of our friends from across country said, hey, I, I'm coming to town. I'm going to be there for a week. Uh, uh, I'm going to stay with you. You'd be like, oh, that's awesome. You know what you're doing, man? You're painting the house. You're getting new carpet because you don't want them to see how the dogs and cats and animals have messed your house up. So, you, man, you're remodeling just because this is my guest. You're getting the right kinds of food. You're getting new sheets for the bed. Man, you're doing everything you can to prepare for their arrival. And you know what? We ought to be doing that for Jesus. We ought to be preparing this house every day. I don't know what you need to remodel in your house, but start on it. I don't know what you need. There may be some old things you need to get out and some new things you need to get in and get ready for his return because he's coming back, church. And let me tell you, if there's one thing, hey, I know I've got to be busy about preaching. I've got to be witnessing and reaching, but I cannot forget that Jesus is going to be here one day. One day I'm going to see him. It said, behold, every eye shall see him. It won't be no more just wondering what he looks like. It won't be no more preaching about him. One day, the old song said, my faith will end in sight. I'm going to see the king of glory. And I sure hope that I hear him say, welcome in, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to just see him from the ground. I want to see him in the air. Hello, I don't want to be looking up saying that that must be him. Why am I still here? But I want to be with him. I want to go to that place that he's prepared. Let me tell you, live your life every day. When you wake up, remember it could be today. When you lay down at night, remember it could be tonight. Before I open my eyes, tomorrow morning Jesus could come back. Am I going to go to sleep unprepared? Don't, don't shut your eyes and take a nap on living for God. Make sure you're ready, whatever hour it is, be ready for the coming of the Lord. Because He's coming back just like He went away. We read it at the beginning, Acts 1, 9 through 11. This is what Luke, he records this again twice in, in the first chapter. He talks about this, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. A cloud received him out of their sight, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, two men stood by them in white apparel and said, You men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So it, we see Enoch, he was not. Elijah was taken away, and Jesus was taken up. These things have happened. It happened. It's the scripture. If you believe the Bible, then you believe it. If you can believe 
David killed Goliath and Noah saved eight souls on an ark, then you can believe that Enoch was taken and that Elijah was taken and that Jesus was taken. They happened. So there's no reason for you or I to think that it can't happen again. Matter of fact, there's every reason to believe it will happen again because Jesus is coming in like manner. In John 14 and 3, Jesus told his disciples, I will come again. The book of Revelation says, Behold, I come quickly. Yeah. You know, he has said it over, I'm coming. So if you can believe that he is a healer because he said it happens, if you can believe that you can be born again because he said it can happen, you better sure believe that Jesus is coming again. Right. He came before, he's coming again. He left and he's coming back. He didn't leave to just leave us so we could just preach until eternity and forever and him never show back up. There is a timetable that God has and that God knows. And one day, let me tell you, I don't know, I think about it sometimes like, like sands through an hourglass. And it's just it's steadily falling. One day, the last grain of sand will fall. And when it does, that trumpet's going to sound. And Jesus is coming back to get his people. It's going to happen. The scripture says it will happen. I want to be ready when it happens. Does it give you hope knowing that Jesus is coming back? If it don't give you hope, if it scares you, you need to pray. Listen, there's no reason for the church born again, bought with his blood, filled with his spirit. We should be excited about the return of Jesus. This kind of preaching should not terrify us. It should get us excited, reminding us that he is coming back again. I have lived for him for over half my life now. I can't wait to see him and spend eternity there. I want to see him. I want to see him. Will we get to hug him? I don't know. I see that picture first day in heaven, and it's got that young lady jumping and got her arms around his neck and that look of joy on her face. I don't know if I'm sure going to be a long line uh, for that. So I don't know how that happens. I don't know what we'll get to do, but I just want to make sure I'm there for whatever happens. However it's going to be, I want to experience it because I'm sure it will be the best thing that you could ever imagine. You can't, we can't even imagine what it will be like. We can't even imagine. There was a time where Paul wrote a letter to Titus. He was just, Titus was just a young pastor. He was trying to get him to set the church and creed in order. And he began to remind him in Titus 3 and 5 that salvation is not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but it is according to his mercy that he saved us through the washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost. And, but Paul wrote this and before he ever wrote that about us being saved and, and reminding us how we were saved. He, he wrote to the believers in, in chapter 2 and verse 13 of Titus. He said, we need to be looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's something that the church just cannot forget about, and that's that Jesus is coming back. Pastor, you sure have said that a lot. That's right. 
because repetition helps you get it. I hope that when you lay down tonight, you dream about Jesus coming back. I hope when you're riding to work tomorrow that you can't quit thinking about Jesus coming back. I hope every time from this point on when you look in the sky and see those clouds that the scripture automatically comes to mind. Behold, he cometh with clouds. I hope that you never, ever, ever have a single day where you forget that Jesus might come back in my next breath. You know, he could come back before we leave this room. I'm going to be at the 12 o'clock service. What if they got here and nobody was here? What if they got here and there was a pile of clothes laying everywhere? I don't know if what happens to our clothes. I don't know. You know, we see videos of it and things like that. I don't know if it'll be like that. Maybe they'll just come in and say, where is everybody? A bunch of cars in the parking lot. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm sure we're not going to take our car keys and our wallets. You don't need them. I don't know what they'll do. But it could happen today. Well, I don't think it could happen today. Why? You don't know the day of the hour. I don't know the day of the hour. But he knows the day and the hour. And what if it happened today before the 12 o'clock service? What if it happened before I finished now? You just don't know when it might happen. But I know one day he's coming. And that's going to be great because that's the end of our labor. That's the end of our faith, the salvation of our souls. We're going to see him. And there we're going to always be with the Lord. Man, anybody want to go to heaven? <laughs> I want to go to heaven. Jesus is coming back one day, and if he's coming back, that means he's taking us back with him. We need to pay attention to that point that, that Paul was making about uh, looking for that glorious appearing because Jesus promised he was going to return. We need to be looking for his appearing. It's not even an option. Don't even start. Worrying so much, we you, we we got to get everything in order. I, I believe in having church the best way we can have it. And I believe in having programs. I believe in having outreach. And I believe in doing things the best we can do. But please don't let any of those things cloud your mind, worry you so much that you forget that Jesus is coming back. Don't let any trial or test you're going through make you forget that Jesus is coming back. You know what? That, that ought to be one of the greatest deterrents for back, uh, backsliders ever is that if they could just, anytime something reached to pull them away from church, that they would just remember, wait a minute, Jesus is coming back. I can't afford to be caught outside of the church. I'm not just talking about the building. I'm talking about the church. I can't afford to be outside the body. I can't afford to be outside of his grace and mercy. I've got to make sure that I stay with the church. And let me tell you, that, that knowing that he could come back at any moment, anytime something tempts you, just think, whew, what if Jesus comes back about the time I touch that? Or what if he comes back about the time I watch that? What if he comes back, yeah, what if he comes back right about the time I go there? Let me tell you, Jesus ain't pulling people off bar stools. <laughs> come on. It ain't, it ain't happening. Uh, he's not going to pull, uh, when he comes back to get his church, He's not, he's not going to, hey, I'll be there in five minutes. Better get ready. This is, you know, we do a five-minute countdown. Five-minute countdown. I'll be there. No, it ain't going to be like that. And that's why he said there would be two in a bed and one would be taken and the other left. Two working in a field, side by side, same field, same master. What's the difference? Let me tell you. So I, I want to make sure 
that I am making up the difference in living my life for him. Because when he comes, I want to go. When Jesus talked in Matthew 24 uh, about the things that would happen, what's going to be the end of the world? What's going to be the sign of your return? You tell us about these things. He began to talk about wars and rumors of wars and and all these things that would begin to happen. And and some of that, you know, we, we look at it, we try to decipher it, we try to figure out a timeline with it. But, you know, some of we, we really don't understand maybe everything Jesus was saying right there. We don't yet anyway. We study it, we look at it, we try to figure it out. There's all kind of opinions and about what's going to happen in the end time. But there's one thing that he said that will happen. He said, after all these things, I will return. That's going to happen. There's wars and rumors of war. It's been going on for a while. There's been wars in this world for centuries now. So, yeah, that's just that's part of it. No doubt about it. You know, we just, I mean, we could, we could get out of church today and find out we're in war. We don't know uh, the way this world is going today. But I can't just keep watching the news saying, oh, there's another war. There's another war. I just need to remember Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. This, Matthew 24 and 30, he said, And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. In verse 36, he said, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. In verse 44, he said, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. Oh, I want to make sure I'm ready because he's coming when I'm not thinking about it. I Believe me, I understand you're going to be busy at work and you're not going to be trying to, you know, put something together at work and, and be thinking, Lord's coming back, Lord's coming back, Lord's coming back. I know that that's not going to be right in the front of your brain. And that's what he's saying. It's going to be in a time when you're not even thinking about it. It's going to be at a time, and see, we're, we're always trying to look at this sign and that sign, and, and there are signs of the time, I believe that, but we're always trying to put it together and create a timeline so we, we just know it's going to happen here, there. Or, or You can't quit trying to do that. You can't figure it out. You'll never figure it out. Live your life so you're ready when he shows up. He said, that's what he told you and me. He said, just be ready. Don't try to put a calendar together. Quit trying to pinpoint it. People have been doing that. Oh, he's coming in 88 reasons why he's coming in 1988. Anybody remember that? Yeah, they, I, I remember back in, in the early 80s that there was one church that was talking about he's coming back and he's coming back on this day. And I remember I was in junior, like junior high or, or around fifth grade in that area because I, I remember the house we lived in, so I had to be fifth or sixth grade. And all my neighborhood friends and kids were like, man, my mom and dad said that, that man on the TV is talking about the Lord's coming back on this day. And people were going and having their dogs and cats put to sleep. And they were uh, giving all their money away because they were so sure that Jesus was going to be back on that day. And guess what? He didn't come. And they was broke. And they didn't have no animals. Yeah. I hope them dogs and cats haunt them. <laughs> Somebody should have put them to sleep. That's, that's crazy. But, but see, that's how it is. People get caught up in it, man. And Jesus warned us about that. Be not deceived. Christ is here. Christ is there. You can't go everywhere. Just because they say Christ is here, that don't mean he's there. 
just because they profess in his name, that don't mean he's there. Oh, they're calling on his name. That don't mean he's there. Jesus said it would be like that. And he said, they're going to be trying to deceive you. And he said, if possible, the very elect would be deceived. I want to make sure that I am living my life like Enoch, man. I want to be uh, pleasing to God so that when it's time to go, he's going to catch me away. I've got to be ready. Jesus said this in Mark 13, 33 through 37. Take ye heed. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. 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 There's some things we need to be doing to be ready. Watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house, gave authority to his servants, to every man his work, commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight, or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. What I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. There's something we got to be ready for, church. We've got to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Boy, life is great, and God has given us all things richly to enjoy. And I love friends and family and all these things, and, and I love getting to go places and do things. And so God has really blessed us in this world. But do not get distracted by the things of this world so that you forget that Jesus is coming back. Don't get so caught up in the things of this world that you forget that Jesus is coming back. And don't get so caught up in this world. The Bible says that we ought not get entangled in the affairs of this world. Don't get so caught up in the things of this world that you miss the coming of the Lord. What a shame to have uh, professed Christianity. What a shame to have professed a new birth and then miss the coming of the Lord. Is that going to happen? It's going to happen to somebody. It's going to happen to somebody. You know, I look at those scriptures sometime about the coming of the Lord, and like I say, two in a field, one taken, one left. Two in a bed, one taken, one left. Ten virgins, five wise, five foolish, 50 50 mark. I don't want to, I want to make sure I'm on the right side of that 50. I want to make sure I'm in that, that right group. Because that's like half the people. One out of every two. Five out of every ten not making it. Wow. If that's, I mean, I'm not saying that he'd give that for a real average go. It's just give an example. What if that was the average? You're sitting in the car with somebody. It's just you and them. You're thinking, man, if the Lord comes, I wonder if we're both going. <laughs> Live your life in such a way you don't have to wonder. Live your life in such a way that you don't have to be afraid of, the, of that trumpet sounding. Live your life for the Lord. In Mark 14 and 62, Jesus said, I am, and you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. So we realize that Jesus is coming again. No one knows when he will return, but he is the promised Messiah. It's him. There's not another one coming. It was him. And he went away, and he is coming again. And instead of fretting over timing and the chronology of details, trying what order, when is it going to happen, whether this has got to happen, this has got to happen, seven years here, three and a half years here. Yeah, I know all that stuff's in Scripture, and you can spend hours and hours and years and years uh, researching it, trying to figure it out. 
why not just, uh, that's fine, work on that, but make sure that you don't study all of it only to miss it. I studied all this stuff and then miss it. Live your life like it's supposed to be lived. Do the things that God said to do. Obey the word of God. Live, uh, fear God, keep his commandments. You know, do the things that the whole duty of man, do the things that we're supposed to do so that we're ready when he comes again. Be a good and faithful servant. I've said it before. It's not my quote. It's uh, Sister Mangan's quote, but she said, he will not say well done if I have not done well. Boy, that's a sobering thought. He will not say well done if I have not done well. Oh, I want to be watching I want to be praying. I want to be loving people. I want to be reaching for people. I want to be helping people. I want to be preaching the gospel. And I want to be shining a light of the gospel of his glory. I want to be ready when Jesus comes again. I want to continue uh, to look for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to keep my eyes focused on him. Live your life like you know he's coming back. Live your life like you don't know when it will be. Live like you know it, but you don't know when it will be. You know, we used to, after we got a little older, parents would start leaving you at home by yourself when they'd go out. You're finally old enough to stay at home. And we'll behave. We never behaved. But, you know, we, we would anticipate how long, what, what were they going? They were just going to eat, so they'll be back in this amount of time. So well, if they're going to eat and shopping, it'll be this long. And so we know what we could get into, what we could clean up, and everything just looked like nothing happened when they got home. It happened, Mom. So one time, they were gone, and we were all home by ourselves. We decided we were going to try to, see how many people could get on each other's shoulders. So there was a, one guy, then my brother got on his shoulders, and I got on my brother's shoulder, and we fell. And I hit the corner of the end table right there, and the side of my head busted it open. Of course, you know how they were. They were immediately, they were like, hey, it's okay, you're all right. Don't. And I had like white blonde hair, and it was just turning red. We, man, we got the bleeding to stop, things like that. We never said a word about it. One day, mom was brushing my hair. She said, what is that? I was like, oh, I fell at the playground. Uh, sorry. I don't want to get everybody in trouble, you know. But, they did, but when they got home, they didn't know nothing. You ain't going to be able to do that with the Lord. He will catch you playing around. He will catch you with things undone. He's coming at a time that, we're not, that we don't know it. We need to be looking for his appearing he's coming back i'm looking for it peter asked the question in second peter uh, chapter three he said since we know all these things what manner of person ought we to be if you know he's coming back if you know everything's going to fall apart here to end what kind of person should you be wrote this letter to the church not to people out on the street he said i'm talking to the church what should you in other words examine yourself church because you know he's coming back what should you be doing? Well, I tell you, make a list. Examine yourself. Uh, you know, uh, really get down and pray. Say, God, search me. Search yourself. 
Sweep your house. Clean up. Get rid of things. It's not too late. While there's time, do what it takes to get ready for His return. This is a time uh, that is like no other. And while we have breath, we have an opportunity to prepare ourselves for the coming of the Lord. And let me tell you, church, I'm talking to me. It's coming right back to me. If there's ever been a time where we ought to examine ourselves and see what is in our house, it's today. We need to start getting serious. I mean serious about serving God. Oh, you mean we're going to be the kind of people who can't have no fun. Man, if you believe that, take a nap, wake up, and try again. God's people get to enjoy the greatest blessings. But if the world is where you find your joy, that's where you, wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to be. Or wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. You know, if you, it, oh, it's, I, you know, I've just got to enjoy life, living life. It won't mean nothing. All that frivolous stuff, it won't mean it. Even the things we think are so important to remember and, to, and, and keep uh, close to us in this life won't mean nothing in the next life. It won't mean anything. It won't. So live your life for God. Get rid of stupid things and ungodly things and things that you know. Uh, quit, don't quit hanging around shady stuff. Just get it out. Yeah, just get rid of it and live your life for God. Live faithful to Him. Be holy because He's holy. Yeah. Was, you know, it's a, it's a sad state of affairs in this world today that, that there are people you know, that, that mock the generation that was before us because they tried to live close to God. Oh, they, was, you know, they were legalistic. It's not legalistic to live by the Word of God. You know, I know people can take things too far and they can start making up their own doctrines. I, I know, and I know that there's some people who can preach things so hard without the love of God that they're just like beating people in the head with a hammer. I understand that. I'm not, I, this church is not like that. And you know, if you've been here any amount of time, you know we're not like that. We preach the love of God. But let me tell you, I believe in living by the Word of God. And it's not uh, old-fashioned, and it's not legalistic, and it's not ridiculous to live by the Word of God. Live by the Word of God. Uh, man, I'm telling you, uh, we either going to tighten up or God's going to tighten us up. I think I'd rather get, you know, it was a lot better to behave after you were told to do something than to get the punishment for not doing it then you end up doing it anyway. Well, I ain't going to clean my room. Pow! Now you're cleaning it with a soil backside. It would have been a lot easier, a lot better for you if you just went on in there and cleaned it. But now you're going to do it with a whelp on your backside. Of course, I guess you do that today and they lock you up, but it's, uh, you know, we needed to get popped with a switch or a belt or a hand or, or whatever it was back then, tighten you up. I don't want the Lord to ever have to tighten me up. <laughs> you know, I want to live by his word. I want to be obedient to him. And if I need it, God, yes, sir. If I need it, by all means, I would rather him chastise me and me be saved than to him let me slide and I be lost. But I would rather just do it all right. Just do it right, you know. 
And, uh, and man, I want to go to heaven. Jesus is coming. He's coming back. Got about four minutes. Going to finish up right here. So live like we know he's coming. Even Paul, he said um, that uh, when he was, you know, we, we talk about we uh, taking our communion, and we do that on the first Monday night prayer of every month, and we remember the sacrifice of the Lord. But Paul said in that when he was in 1 Corinthians, when he was reminding the church, he said, uh, this is what the Lord said on the night he was betrayed, the, the blood and the bread and, and how it was his, you know, the new covenant and it was his body that was broken. And he said, and when you do this, you do show the Lord's death till he come. We'll be taking communion in heaven. We're doing this. Every time we do it, it's not just looking back. It's also to remind us to look forward. Because we do this, we remember the sacrifice until we don't have to worry about that anymore because we have endured until the end and we have been saved. And so as often as we do it and we eat this bread and drink this cup, we do show the Lord's death until he, until he come. And so Paul is telling us we're not just looking back, but we are looking forward. The bread reminds us of Christ's body. The cup reminds us of his blood. The cup also signifies the establishment of the new covenant and by implication uh, the ending of the old covenant and we celebrate it until his return. He's coming back. One of the biggest things, and you can come to the music, one of the biggest things that we, uh, you know, we struggle with as far as, you know, we talk about the rapture of the church and, and, and we all want to be in that and those that are alive and remain. But the fact is, is that if time goes on and the Lord tarries, that some of us won't be in the alive and remain. We'll be for the dead and Christ shall rise first. But we don't have to fear death. Now, I didn't say death don't make you sad and death doesn't have grief and mourning. Man, even God's people, you read, when one of their patriarchs died, they... They would mourn and they would grieve and they wept. and There's nothing, I'm not talking about uh, because we believe in the Lord, we don't have grief and sorrow of heart. That's not what I'm saying. But we don't have to be afraid of death because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we know that Paul wrote to the church, he said that those who sleep in Jesus will rise from death when the Lord descends from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And then those that are alive remain, they're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's going to happen. But then Paul said, comfort one another with these words. So there's a comfort there that that, uh, the world don't have. If they don't know the Lord and, and they're going out of this world, I'd be afraid. There'd be a fear. But when I know the Lord, why be afraid? I'm I'm going to be with Him. I'm going to rise from the dead. I'm going to be caught up with Him, with all those that are alive. I'm going to see Him one day. Hey, dying's part of living. It happens. I'm not saying we wish for it, asking for it, but you might as well understand it's part of it. And so God said, knowing that it's part of it, I want to give my people something so they don't have to be sorrowful as others sorrow without hope. Because 
if we die in him and we sleep in him, we know that when he comes again, he's going to catch us away. It's not the end when we close our eyes on this earth. God's going to come get us. Let's stand together this morning. So don't worry about trying to figure it out. Hey, I, I, I'm very intrigued by end time ministries and stuff like that. I love listening to people talk about prophecy. And, and some of those guys have really, I believe God's given them a gift to expound on that and teach us some things. They've, they've proven some things through scripture. I, I, I believe in some of that. But even with all they know, they still don't know when he's coming back. As smart as they are, if you ever see one of them say, and we have figured out when he will return, just turn him off because, because he's done got off the rails. Because no man, there won't be another one born that will be able to stand up and say, this is when it's going to happen. No man will ever know the day of the hour. So you can watch them, listen to them, say, hey, that could be true, might not be. If I live my life right, I'll find out one day if he was right or wrong. I don't know. We talk about people that say, well, there's the pre-tribulation rapture, the mid-tribulation rapture, and the post-tribulation rapture. I guarantee you if you took a poll in here, you'd get a, a bunch of mixed results of, of everybody decide what they think. Well, I, oh, I'm, I'm pre-trib. I'm mid-trib. I'm post-trib. You know what? Just be ready. And then if it's pre, mid, or post, there you go. <laughs> Just be ready. Don't try to, don't, 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 you know, well, you know, you know there are people that actually say, well, I, I'm, I'm sure it's post, so I'm just going to wait till tribulation starts to get right. Yeah. And then that bus came through the stop sign. Yeah. Never made it. Can't live like that. Live your life in such a way that you're ready at any time or place to meet the Lord in the air. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and pray together. Jesus, we love you so much today. And we know, God, that you are true and faithful and every word you've spoken will come to pass. And you said it, Lord, many times over that you will come again. That you would come again to receive us unto yourself so that where you are, we may be with you. Lord, let our hearts be ready. Let us live every day of our life. Every breath we take, Lord, in expectation of your return. God, we're going to praise you. We thank you for making a way that we could be with you, Lord. Keep us now, Lord, in the fear of you. Let us walk in your ways always. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that he's coming back to get us one day? Coming to get us one day. Praise God. Let's find a place to pray before the next service and just look forward to God doing some great stuff. God bless you.